This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. My Natural Hair is a podcast that shares all the information you're looking to learn about natural hair, the movement, the styles, growing your hair naturally and meeting other people part of the natural hair culture and movement. My Natural Hair is hosted by LaDonna Sims and Markeisha St. Clair from Hair Goals 313. Collectively, LaDonna and Markeisha have over 25 years of experience doing natural hair. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. The Detroit is Different podcast is about exposing artistry, business, ideas, and dynamic people, places, and things that make Detroit a mecca. Tune in weekly and subscribe to get the true stories from the people shaping the culture of an American. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Terminated to a natural environment, internet, wireless, Skynet, spot shit, Terminated to Robotics or Renewal. Our senses have dementia, the minus have Alzheimer's left to the rhymes to refine in a homily. Take on the ground, black peppers, here's a thought weapon, born into the war, so I fuck with them. Let's talk, send some electricity, charge till it's shocking. All around the world, like Pac B with Shock G. It's the same song, they got my name wrong, Kobe. 400 years and still don't know me. The dog matter, Barberry, Sean Price, and Noggin. Rap Stephen Hawking, except a nigga still is walking. We the tick not spit hot, get that solar. Terminated to who control them robots? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yo, the Kai on the Terminated to who? Terminated to unnatural environment, internet, wireless, Skynet, spot shit. Terminated to unnatural environment, internet, wireless, Skynet, spot shit. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah, ah, ah. Electricity, they charge till it's shocking. Terminated to when them goons come knocking. Terminated to ooh, ooh. Robotics or renewal Yo nigga, you seen the gentry try to terminate my city Put a house on the block to only the rich jiggy Put a bed on the swine, call that bitch Miss Piggy Put a cop on the watch and give him an itch tricky Where's the NRA? Niggas return to Amber Too many kids slain, too many mamas and grandmas Wearing all black, ain't talking about the Panthers Kill manga flow, liberation for diaspora, I gotcha Innovation in the stanza, so we roll into the courthouse. Free to watch it with a hands up, not a hands up rapper. With a lineup, a new designer. I spotted Terminator 7 out of Bell Terminator 2, unnatural environment. Internet, wireless, Skynet, spot shit. Terminator 2, robotics or renew. Terminator 2, unnatural environment. Internet, wireless, Skynet, spot shit. Welcome back to the Piper Carter podcast. You he- are here with the token millennial. What's up, Brittany? What up, Dope Pipe? 
So um, it's so it's so interesting. We just had one show. We just did this. Uh, I'm gonna call it like a practice pre-show. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I'm gonna bring my two guests into the room first, and then I'll go back over the whole marathon thing. So um, yeah. So uh, Mixo, we always talk about monkey bars. So we actually have one of the monkey bars creators and founders, Mixo. What's up, Mixo? Peace, peace. How you doing, Pipe? Great, great, great. Excited to have you here. Yeah. And a tray you, your son on your lap. Yeah, chilling. Yeah, <laughs> interjecting. He's a year and a half, y'all. Yeah, he got stuff. He got a lot to say. Yeah, and also to uh, Will Copeland, aka Will C. Peace, peace. It's so good to be here with you, pipes. Hey, you want to get down a tray you? Or you cool? You cool? Okay, that's what's up. So yeah, um, really happy to since um, we're starting over. I'll start the whole marathon thing over right quick. So um, this week, this past weekend, on Sunday, as you were saying, Brittany, you smelled something. What did I you know smell? What it was? It smelled like it smelled like natural gas, and right? A gas leak, and then right. of course, everybody on Woodward <clears throat> got defensive. Like it ain't me, ain't no gas leaking over here. Right, right. So yeah, and so long story short, um, there was a breach in the part that is supposed to be protection for the um emissions that come out of however they do uh whatever they do over there processing right and so we had the polar vortex a couple of days before and then by the you know the warming on the weekend that caused that piece to crack and so there was um a leak you know, that, that, that came through there, some sort of, I'm not going to call it just gas, right? I'm going to say it was poisonous um, toxins that were leaking out of there. Some of them you can smell and some of them you probably can't smell, right? And so um, basically over the last, I believe it's, I've been told it's been 20 years and will kill, let me know if it's 20 or not. But um, the community of 48217, which is where that marathon plant sits, has been poisoning along with all the other, um, you know, U.S. Steel and all the other, you know, companies have been over there poisoning the um, primarily African-American residents that live over there. And so, um, like I said, they've been fighting this a long time. And fast forward to Monday the Michigan Environmental Justice Coalition, which is one of the leaders is Michelle Martinez, shouts out to her, called a press conference about this leak. Now, like I said, the residents and community leaders have literally been fighting against Marathon being there in the first place. There are people dying of cancer. They're suffering from severe <laughs> asthma. So there's all these ailments that people are all the way from, you know, just people are suffering from adult asthma. Children, you know, children have to call up from school. They have now into their, you know, lives, uh, you know, inhalers and all these other, you know, nebulizers and all these things. Um, and then also, too, you know, no one has been listening to these people. 
Like people have literally been ignoring them. So the press conference was to bring attention to the long standing activists that have been in the community community fighting against this, but also politicians came out. So shouts out to our Congresswoman um, Rashida Tlaib, who is actually from the community. But like I said, she's now our Palestinian Congresswoman. We're so proud of. And, um, you know, she's been fighting against this for years as an attorney. There's also um, state rep Tyrone Carter came out that lives in the community. Um, and also just wanted to shout out um, Vincent Martin and Teresa Landrum, who are also residents of 48217, longstanding activists um, in that community that, uh, you know, that came out. Um, Fox 2 News, Channel 4, Metro Times, WWJ. So the media was in full force. So we really just want to make sure that we um, hold our residents and activists in our hearts, but that that story gets amplified. And like I said, Monday as well, um, our governor, our new governor, Gretchen Whitmer, um, signed in an executive order that's supposed to be um, upholding in environmental uh, protections and what I would call more environmentally just, um, you know, issues, standards, regulations. And so we'll have to see. It names land, it names water, it names air as some of the key elements that it wants to make sure that we have access to clean, affordable. So let's just see, you know, what that's about. So anyway, so my Monday was spent helping Michelle uh, get some people to come to the press conference and bring some awareness, you know. How did it go? You know, it was great. I mean, people turned out, um, you know, like I said, it's been amplified, so I believe that the press that was there is going to help it get to a next level. So it's literally like day by day having it, to push that. Isn't it crazy, you know, how like you can just drive through that and it just seems so normal to other people? Mm-hmm. Like they just, they don't, they're, they're what? Who cares? It's, right. it's just the right. smell. It's part of, it, or the, mm. it's just a part of the, the travel through down river of Detroit. You know, mm. They may even try to make it a little sexy uh, mm. to normalize it, but it's it's just crazy how stuff is been an issue for so long, and now it's coming to a head. <laughs> so. Right, even a tray, you know. So I wanted to bring Will into um, that part of the conversation because Will, you know, we always talk about EMIAC, oh, and right. um, and like so, Will is uh, the former co-director of East Michigan Environmental Action Council, but before then was doing youth work there and before then just doing a whole lot of activism. And I just wanted you to um, step in on any part of that marathon conversation, if you if you will. No, it's definitely uh, good to see people stepping up and not, let, like you said, not letting it just pass by, mm-hmm. not, not taking it for granted that this is just a regular thing. But uh, people have been... Uh, organizing and protesting and trying to uh, get the voices heard just on the regular operations of Marathon, mm. much less when something actually broke right. and released all these other chemicals. Um, they was already saying that the regular chemicals was bad enough, mm. you know, for asthma, for cancer, for those different things. Mm. And so I hope, and I think it's going to happen, I hope that this 
emergency situation also raises awareness of the everyday situation, mm-hmm. um, which many people say is really unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the emergency, the break in the thing, in other words, we don't want to go back to how it was No, the day before. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because people was already getting sick. They just became sicker mm. because of that accident. And True. so... So I think that's kind of, um, you know, what folks is trying to bring awareness to. Because sometimes when something like that happens, you know, people get uh, the attention of the immediate emergency. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's fixed. Or, okay, that's right. fine. Everything must be all good. You, you know? know, when you say that, um, I'll just tell you real quick. The other day, I think I had posted something about um, how the people at Flint, are still being charged yeah yeah for um back poison water and they're like about to lose their homes and then i posted about um how people in detroit are suffering from this hepatitis epidemic because of the hundred thousand water shutoffs yeah and this lady posted on my facebook page oh yeah i heard about that when when that epidemic happened so then I told the woman, I said, no, no, no. She said, she said, I heard about that when the epidemic happened, but I don't know about this new one. So I told the lady, I said, it's the same one. Same <laughs> it's one. the same one. It's just yeah. gotten worse. It's been, un, un, it you know, stopped. it yeah. hasn't stopped. Like it's the same. So like, like that just kind of remind me what you just said. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, oh, it's an emergency, but it's done now. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that it's. As uh, people who are in the community and community aware and uh, engaged community people, you know, our people, we can easily be led by the media. Mm. And if if the media covers it, then we're like, oh, this exists. And if it don't cover it, then we must, there was some too, so many of us Literally. be like, oh, it must be fine. Yep. Because if it wasn't fine, then they would tell me. And then to your point, when this thing happened yeah. over the weekend, the EPA, um, MDEQ, and all of these different regulatory organizations got together with Marathon, drafted up this letter, and the letter basically said everything's fine. Yeah. The letter says that everything's fine, nothing happened. So we all know like some of these chemicals you can't smell. They actually had to put That's a the- chemical to on the chemical so you can smell it. Yep. Yep. So some of them they couldn't uh create anything for you so that you can smell. Hmm. So we don't even know. And they told us that everything's okay, just like they did in Flint. So you're basically saying it's not just what we smell. It's definitely not. No, it's not. I I work in I work in construction as well, and we have I have to do things like tear walls down. That's like old. They get you know pestis and all type of stuff inside of it, right? So like like that was like that stuff got to be broke down. People have to leave out their homes. For like oh to technically over a month to be for real mm. to make sure that stuff is completely mm. gone. So think about something just in the air, you know, <laughs> like right. just something right. in there. How you just clean that? You know what I'm saying? Wow. So like don't 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 sit up and just lie about people because it's facts over fiction. And I know we like we'll say we sit up and we we believe what the media tells us, but 
understand where the media is coming from. So like I I have to I have to get my information from someone like Piper to to hold true. Then I sit up and watch information coming from the news because I've I've set up and watched them say things like mm. clean this up and this would be that. But then me and my dad get the call to go and fix something like asbestos in the house and. And we put the 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 meters to say the asbestos is not gone, and it's been three weeks already. Mm. So like, don't don't you know? It's simple stuff like that 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 changes the truth of these lies because that we don't know what it is, and, right? And and then like a like like Piper say, a lot of this stuff you can't you can't smell this stuff, you know? Like it was a time in my house where uh, I guess the gas was leaking. None of us knew. Mm. I had the bird named Tweety. Tweet was my bird. Mm. <laughs> I came in the house and the bird was dead. One of the birds was dead mm. and the other one was still alive, just flapping and flying in the oh, cave. Oh, man. So we just let the bird out. Like, dang, what happened? Did the bird kill the other bird? We found mm. out that it was gas leaking mm. in the house. And if the bird didn't die, one of us could have. Wow. So like that kind of stuff is like, you know, it's very questionable when someone say it's over. That you know, we may we we fix the problem in a day. Mm-hmm. I, I I would say that would that's that was unjust because I can't fix no gas or you know problem inside of a home. This is enclosed space in a day. Mm. You know, I think it's yeah. important that we have in this conversation in Black History Month. Um, I'm fortunate enough; both of my parents were born in the South. And, you know, when you got parents that's born in the South, they kind of have a certain perspective because they, they kind of saw certain things that America did. Mm. And they kind of were used to, and they saw America just flat out saying, you know what I'm saying, uh, I'm, I'm not going to use any profanity on your show, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> bleep you yeah. <laughs> to your whole people. And we're going to say this to your face and we're going to say this over here. And I mm. think that it's important for us as black people to... You know what I'm saying? Like, we, this is a skill. This is a survival mm-hmm, skill mm-hmm. to be able to interpret what the news says, to, mm. be, to be able to get another source. Yeah. You know, we're not saying you need to believe Piper, but we're just right. saying take this information, take, take this information, yeah. take this information. Put mm-hmm. it together on your own. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, get a bunch of sources. Exactly. exactly. And see, and be able to ask the question do they make sense? Right. You know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And if they don't, that it can help you put it together even more. Mm. Exactly, and I, wow, I, I've been blessed. To, it's some Detroit elders, man. They they know that history. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Mixo, we was just talking earlier, just of the history going back to the 90s or going back to the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And once you can put the pieces together like that, mm-hmm. then you start to. You things start to look familiar to you. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh. familiarity is the key to the answer in a lot of this source because, like, it's everything is very unfamiliar these days. You know, mm. like, to, like very unfamiliar. And like, um, I'm I'm from a world of of a lot of different things. Like, my mom' side of the family is, you know, from the south came here with the church so i've been in the church my dad's side is from the south but came here like you know on the hustling and music tip of things Mm -hmm. so like i've i've heard it all from so many different versions of you know what is and what ain't 
But what I've found that's been the answer is finding the truth in these lies. So if someone tells mm-hmm. you something, someone tells you something, don't immediately, you know, disregard what they're saying. Take the time to, to do your own research to find out what's true and what's not. Mm. You know, like I've been told, you know, I'm I'm be real. Like I've been told lies by my own parents, but they didn't know that they was lies. Right. Because mm. they had a different perception of what this world was coming from their parents and it's been it's it's generation, it's passed down. Mm-hmm. So like if if I take that that information as as truth because it's my parents. But then I later on look up some information and I find out that it's, it's it doesn't hold weight in the facts of of truth for me and my people to move forward, then I have to change that. And I got to go and have a conversation, which I do with my parents about, <laughs> <laughs> about that. So we all can have a mm. different understanding. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's a heavy conversation, but these heavy conversations need to be had mm-hmm. for us to be able to, to separate the truth from the lies. Right, right, right. Well, I want to um, step. Thank you, Mixo. I want to step to you a little bit. Well, and tell us more because, um, you know, I want people to hear a little bit more about the history of your work. And, you know, you had spoken before about the land and um, the importance of just holding on to the houses and the land, you know. So can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, for sure. For sure. It's a... a it's kind of like deja vu, but uh, <laughs> this is a very spiritual broadcast because we we uh, we've we've done this before. We re- mm. we're reincarnating. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, we were talking um, with Brittany about this thing about uh, foreclosures taking place in mm-hmm. Detroit, and Detroit used to be um, one of the top cities in the whole U.S. for Black people owning homes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Folks would get a job, they work their job, they, you know, work their butt off. You know what I'm saying? Me and many of our grandmothers, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like that old school was black people was owning homes in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And one of the strategies, which again goes to trust, is many people right now, their property values are being illegally and improperly imposed upon them. Right. In terms of their property taxes. And so they are, the valuation of their homes, everybody knows that so many neighborhoods in Detroit, the values of the home plummeted. Right. You know, you can't get, you know, if you put it on the market, you get a few thousand here, you know, home. It's it's legendary that, yeah. you know, people come to Detroit, oh, I can go to Detroit and get a house for $100. Right. You know, people all around the country. Lord have mercy. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's the narrative. That's the narrative. Mm-hmm. But yet... When it comes to property taxes, that that narrative didn't hit that. Right. Because if your house was only worth $100, you shouldn't be paying no property taxes. Pretty but if, much. But if your house is valued at forty dollars or $50,000, $60,000, then you're going to have to pay taxes. Yeah. But um, So the value has declined, but they still charge in those high property taxes, and yet the burden is on the person. Right. To go through the paperwork and get the new valuation and mm-hmm. prove that they have this and prove that they have that. And there's a website called illegalforeclosures.org mm. which is saying that this is a uh this is a Wayne County wide problem. This is not mm. this is not that's one of the things that we talk about in activism, especially mm-hmm. in Detroit, is that 
they make these things seem like this is your problem. Right. You got to fix it. You ain't a good parent. Mm-hmm. You ain't responsible. You lazy. You mm-hmm. got to figure it out. But the illegalforeclosures.org, um, they had a statistic where they said um, these things is happening in the thousands. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's systemic. It's, it's systemic. systemic. Mm-hmm. It ain't no individual thing. They said from 2011 to 2015, one in four Detroit properties were foreclosed upon. One in four. One, 25, that's 25%. That's 25%, 25% of the houses in Detroit were foreclosed upon in a four-year period. Yeah, that's crazy. So... Of the whole city. That's like... <laughs> literally, that's like really snatching the wealth... Right. ...from out of the tax base. Right. And then, you know, like you were saying, the... Uh, you know how they put the narrative like, oh, in Detroit, like it was a bunch of black people that like ruined the city. Right. Oh my God. Yeah, that's but, the, that, oh my God, that's the biggest But problem. the thing is, it, you're speaking to the very foundation of a person being able to be functional is just to have a stable place to live. Definitely. And so having a home you know, meant something. That was something you invested in. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is historically I'm saying. So, you know, that then that's what our parents did. Our grandparents did, like you said. They came here, they bought the home. Mm-hmm. That means they quote unquote did what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. According to the, you know, the standard, right? Mm-hmm. From that point though, they started putting out this new narrative that people should rent. Mm-hmm. And that's like they've been putting that narrative out since um, I want to say at least 20, 2009, mm. they've been putting out the narrative that like, you should rent, you should rent because they want everything to be in this like transient culture for like the new world. Mm. Um, and you know, less ownership. However, that's what they're putting out to like the people. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're buying these homes. Oh my right. God. <laughs> these homes. right. So yeah. Been, for my knowledge in actual like living up, I feel they've been pushing rent heavily since the late nineties. Mm. Because I've I like I like <laughs> talking about stuff uh that we already uh manifested. <laughs> <laughs> like my neighborhood used to be like, you know, crooklet. <laughs> like mm. uh, you know, people really Elders own these homes and they, it meant something to them. They would yell at us about stepping on that grass. <coughs> mm-hmm. You know, it would be, it would be, it was serious. Like mm-hmm. these homes were spaces. But then, like about four years of my childhood, I watched watched these houses get bombed and burned down and turned to vacant lots so fast. Like mm-hmm. house being in front of you, two days later is gone. Mm. And it's like, how how do you? tear a house down so fast but you don't do nothing to build a house up like it's it's a whole huge systemic situation where where i found out that these people that was on these houses and pushing rent on the poor community wasn't taking care of these homes and wasn't keeping these homes so before they get into debt, they sending people to bonfire these homes. Mm, mm. So like we living amongst that kind of toxicity mm-hmm. where where owning a home or not owning a home becomes a problem because you got a system telling you if you own a home, you owe all of this 
back stuff or you own all of this current stuff that you didn't even know when you purchased the mm-hmm. home. And if you own the home and if you don't own the home and you renting, that's a whole nother world. So it's like you you stuck in a, a systemic situation where you fighting for this land grabs, but yet we're in mm. a space right now where China own like 15, 20% of the city we live in in right now. Why? We're in these spaces they ain't even being used. Mm. It's just bought up space. Like, like a couple summers ago, I was uh I was working for somebody where I ended up getting a job for uh canvas in the neighborhoods. And this was when gentrification for me got very real because mm. These people was canvassing the neighborhoods and they was looking for vacant homes and they had an app. And this app would show you the houses that was foreclosed. Right. And oh, yeah. you have to go around on this app and, and add in the app if it's people standing there and if mm-hmm. it's not people. So they collecting all of this data on these black and brown people mm-hmm. living space and and forcing them out their homes for these new people to come take their homes. Mm. Like I like watching it happen and like in real time is a, <coughs> is very crazy. And 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 if I, I tell this to, you know, my brother and sister and that this is going on in the community, they like, you crazy because they don't they don't get this information. And like yep. we say, they get yep. too much to deal with to to yep. even have time <laughs> to understand that this is really going on around them. Mm. It's it's very crazy. Well I wanted to Speak. You you said something about gentrification, so I wanted Will to kind of speak on some of the work because, as the um, we had said before, Will um, was a co-director of EMIAC, East Michigan Environmental Action Council, which um, implemented a an intergenerational leadership model, um, which kind of broke away from the standard, you know. Uh, nonprofit industrial complex type of like you know hierarchical model, and the initial um, what should I say? One of the initial projects when I got introduced to Will, you or guys were working on gentrification. So can you speak about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. One of the most proudest things that I've done in my career as an organizer was um, working with Sawatu Salamara. Um, we're very happy that she's uh, out of prison. Shout out to all to her family, to all the people who've c- contributed their time, their mm-hmm. energy, you know, for how she was unjustly accused and unjustly imprisoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, she worked at EMIAC with me, and we uh, started a group called YEA, the Young Educators Alliance. Mm-hmm. And this was a dope, dynamic group. Uh, it's dope to see what they're doing, you know, as adults now. Um, you know, just teenagers. Some were high school students, a couple were middle school students, a couple were college students, a couple were in their early 20s, young adults. Um, and we just brought them into EMIAC, brought, brought them into the environmental action. But rather than like a lot of things, just telling them what to do, we were just kind of helping them to make sense of what they were going through and help them to see, ask the question, what do they want to do about it? Mm-hmm. And one of the things is they were one of the first groups to really put gentrification on the map um, in the early 2010s, maybe even maybe even more like 11 or 12. Um, and part of it was because they were just seeing the police presence, 
just seeing going into certain spaces like, yo, you're not welcome here. Or like made, the garden. You know, they uh, once with Amina Maxi and Sawatu Salama Ra, they went to this quote unquote community garden in the Wayne State area and was one, the garden had these gates on it. And they were like, oh, what kind of community garden has these big old gates with a passcode on it? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is interesting. Right. And they were just wanted to come and check it out, you know, build solidarity. And they were kicked out. And the, and the message was, well, there have been some thefts in the area. Mm. And they were like, what kind of community garden, garden is has this? Theft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. How can you steal from the community garden? <laughs> you know, and it's, mm-hmm. but it's just showing, it was like, whoa, there's a different community here. Mm-hmm. There's a different group here. You talk about classism. There's a different group that has a different definition of community. Exactly. And they ain't part of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so that brought. That brought us into the conversation about gentrification. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, definitely these young folks and their experiences with the police, you know what I'm saying? They talk about being followed around in certain public spaces. And again, it's like this this message, like, yo, this this ain't for you. And they're like, yo, we in Detroit. Why are we getting this? You know what I'm saying? Like, they think that Detroit is this thing. They're like, why are we getting this message in Detroit? Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be one thing if you got in the suburbs, you know what I'm saying? They, mm-hmm. You could kind of expect it in a certain kind of way. But for this to be happening in Detroit, it kind of opened the conversation. Like, why is this happening in Detroit? What is this message for these young black people that you are no longer welcome in certain areas? And that's the predecessor of gentrification because it's, it's, it's not the whole city. In Detroit, it's, it's the, it is these certain areas. Mm. You know, it's the, they call it the uh, midtown and the downtown and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of those strips. Um, and you see it in terms of how, in terms of how, quote unquote, safety is. I mean, that's, mm. that's the whole meme that's been going on the last year is all these people calling police on black people. Mm. You know, at the barbecue, at the park. Yeah. Holding the phone in your hand, whatever. <laughs> but we had we had Alea uh, this last time uh. teaching us about. Um, well, that was two podcasts ago with Forest Detroit talking about redefining safety. So yeah, so that's a little bit of your gentrification work. Some more work that you do that's really important on an international scale. Um, you you know, like I had said on a couple podcasts before. <laughs> That, you know, EMIAC is in these relationships with um, GGJ, Grassroots Global Justice, and CJA, um, Climate Justice Alliance. And you um, were the catalyst for creating these relationships. And uh, currently, you also continue a lot of work that you're doing with um, Cooperation Jackson in Jackson, Mississippi, as well as um, just around the world. You know, can you just talk about um, some of the work that you're doing? Sure, sure. Um, folks need to check. I'm so glad this is happening during Black History Month. Okay. Because many people, when they go to Black History, they think, if you think about it subconsciously, it's almost like Black History stopped with Martin Luther King. Mm. And once Martin Luther King had a dream, and once, you know, <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson and whoever passed the law and we could vote, mm-hmm. like there ain't no more Black History that's happening. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. what we talking about, the history been happening in the 80s, yeah. the 90s, the 2000s. Like, this is black history happening to us so true. right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Right now. And we need to be talking about it and understanding, you know what I'm saying? If, if you stop with Martin Luther King, 
You're going to be mad confused about what's happening in 2019. Wow. Defining what Definitely. this is in the moment. Because you ain't understand the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Mm-hmm. You, you missed that whole thing and you think we shall overcome. That's current. It's current. That was 50 years ago, my G. Mm. <laughs> And, 50, and that's what, and, and like I was telling you back at the house, it's like that's fifty years ago. But I'm like, we was just, we just became legal as a government to study Black History. Black History Month was 1976. That's 43 years ago. Mm. Crazy. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My parents are older than that. You feel <laughs> me? Like my, my parents is some young parents, and they older than that. And that's not. I'm only a few years. Younger than that. So it's like, it's just been okay for us to study our history for only 43 years in this country. Legally. Legally. But and we do want to acknowledge, legal. though, that like my mom told me, which is really mind-blowing, that cause my mom's from Black Bottom. So my mom told me that like all through her school years, they learned Black history, mm. but it wasn't a part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So mm. she said their teachers would like sneak it in. All right. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what we got to do. But these are white people. These were, because I was thinking, oh yeah, you're black teacher. My mom was like, what are you talking about? She mm. was like, this are white people. Hey. It just blew my wig back sometimes. <laughs> right. So, you know, when you hear the truth, I was like, wow. Because I remember I asked my mom, I said, why do you think those white people you're teaching you your history? She's like, I have no idea, but I'm really thankful. Mm. I was like, wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but that's what hey. that's what my mom says. Yeah, I mean, facts is facts. You yeah, know? Like, like that's like that's what I'm saying. Like it's it's really no color involved here. We mm. dealing with classism, you know. So mm. like like that's what people got to like take out of the situation. You know, I'm black and I'm beautiful because of it, but that's not how we fight the fight of capitalism and. Mm. And classism, we need we need unity. solidarity exactly because yeah. you know like like my little son sleeping right here became is is result of solidarity. Like I met, <laughs> I, met <laughs> I met I met his mother fighting justice out here. Well, know, actually, so. that shouts out to uh, Rachel Thompson. Yeah, because so I think I mentioned Serafino here a few times. We have to have them on here, okay. but. Her org is Seraphine Collective. That's an all-woman DJ collective. What? Yeah, and they teach women how to DJ. That's yeah. so dope. And, them. and have them at, you know, events and things like that. So <laughs> that's it. That's that's a Treyu's mom. Yeah. And there wouldn't be no Seraphine if not for the work that you've been doing, Piper. This is yeah. true. This is true. So, so it's like, it, <laughs> it, 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 all, it, it like I say, it all, it's all the uh, combined effort. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the shade don't matter. It, it's really the 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 intent behind it. Actually, Atreyu, this young man is asleep right now, and his mom were at the protest on Monday. Were they? That's yeah. So cute. He was out there protesting <laughs> with his mom. Yeah, he was He was like, I need a brief clean air, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> really? Right. He live over there. That's why. You know, too. So yeah. that's, also, that's also like, you know, very, you know, mind blowing because you know that area is highly toxic. Mm. And my my little baby son over there dealing, with, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this, this is this is the stuff we gotta deal with on our day to day basis over here in Detroit. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta worry about 
if your son can get breathable air, your daughter get breathable air from one day to the next. That's that's a hard that's a hard thing to have Ooh. to grasp. You Ooh. Know? And I think that um related to the topic of black history, it's like these things are happening in the community, these poisoning, these things are going on and people are also fighting against it. Mm-hmm. And we can't wait for the news to tell us that mm-hmm. this is significant before you join in, before right. you contribute, before you think that it's valuable. Mm-hmm. This is our people trying to make a difference in our lives mm-hmm. and trying to make a positive change. And it may come to a point where the news, and, and this comes out of the U.S. social forum, we have some crappy articles. We have some mm-hmm. crappy articles talking about Thousands of protesters are coming to descend on Detroit. <laughs> a mob of angry protesters, what? you know, are coming. Watch out. Watch out. And so what I'm saying is, you know, Malcolm X said, if you, if you believe them, they're going to have you loving your oppressor and, and hating your own people. You know, if you depend on these stories to tell you mm-hmm. when these things are happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so sometimes the news might portray these things in a positive light, but sometimes they portray them in a negative light. That's how they get their money. You know? That sensationalism. They might, they, a, a year from now, they might call the marathon people terrorists. Mm. It's been a, you can't hardly take a picture over there. The, the Homeland Security will snatch you up like a mug just mm. for taking a picture around the marathon or around the bridge mm. um, or these things like that. It's, it's mad yeah. people who've been called terrorists. Um, and so, again, you have to just, if you just ask the question, what is benefiting my community? Who is benefiting my community? Who's hurting my community? And start from there. Ask the question. Those are really good questions. Because even like with the marathon thing, you know, when you speak about it, they, their whole thing is that they're saying, that, you know, you need to give us, the, 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 you know, that's what they tell city council or whoever, you know, you need to give us the right to, you know, be in your community because we're going to give you these jobs. And then they promise like, what was it, like 11,000 or 16,000 jobs. And then mm-hmm. they in, turn around in, well, I don't know, 20 year period and only give you like 11 jobs. And those are there are those. I mean, not that it matters, but those aren't even like high paying Jobs, they're like menial jobs. Mm-hmm. So you're so literally they they're not holding to their promises. They're they're <laughs> they're poisoning people, and they still you know get away with murder literally. And the city will harm you for trying to speak on it because they're all getting money for it. Right. So that's interesting that you talk about. You know, like like I I send texts to people. People know me as the texter, but um. I have friends and they'll be like, oh, um, you know, I send them stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll be like, oh, well, you know, how do you know? Because I haven't seen it on the news. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, girl. I am the news. <laughs> but the thing is, is that these news, to your point, these news outlets can only make money if it's sensational. If it's sensational. So mm-hmm. somebody's got it's to die. Ron Burgundy. It got to be Ron Burgundy. Somebody's tell got her, to die. Tell her who Ron Burgundy is. <laughs> no, for real. No, tell her. This must be some basketball guy. Uh, tell her. Ron Burgundy is uh, Will, uh, Will Ferrell made this In show. In what movie? Show, this movie called Anchorman. Oh, okay, that's your... And it she loved that. I, I was like, because we talked about media literacy last year. Mm-hmm. She broke it down like how... 
you know, you was just breaking it down, how you have to look and curve through the media, the newspaper. the mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I swear Anchorman is like the best. Especially I, Anchorman 2. I was trying to They say. really broke it down. Because they use actual, they use actual facts of really, well, really how oh. media really transitioned from, mm-hmm. from telling information to being about mm. sensationalizing, you know, entertainment. Yeah. And like, oh, Anchorman basically was like, First, it was like we giving you hard news in sports, but then they found out that someone just following a car chase, playing a car chase on the news, give you way more ratings. Right. And then the news changed from that point on. Right, you know right. What I'm so like, think this about think about like how how that plays into the community that really need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And all I'm getting is car chases, you know, on my TV. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like. Well, let's okay. Speaking of media literacy, so we're going to talk about entertainment justice. Shout right. out to Bryce, yeah. giving us this term. So um, I want to um, talk about monkey bars a little bit. So um, monkey bars is really, really, you know, something that I hold dear in my heart because um, that's one of the ways that I really got close with Mixo and all these guys is they would come to Five E. And then they created their own thing in the park, and um, well, I guess it didn't start at Clark Park. It, st- it started. It started actually. It started at uh, uh, the village. Actually, oh, okay, okay. It started at the village, just in the back. It was like me, Sue, Mike Phelps, John Seals, a bunch of us just back. These are like one, Detroit MCs. One random. One random night, mm-hmm. and we just stay in the back freestyling for like ever. Now Lose. these are guys <laughs> for our listeners. These are guys who would come to Five E, and they would already rap all night. This <laughs> so just on the regular. They rap all night, and then the place would be like, "We gotta go." Like this, this when we had oh Miami, when we had our own building, they literally might come at six in the evening. And they would not stop rapping. It'd be like five, six in the morning. Everybody else would be asleep, and they'd still be rapping. Cause that's all Getting we did. <laughs> like that's all we did from kids. That's all we did was just rap because it was for me. It was my outlet outside of the street stuff that I used to do. I don't really know about for nobody else, but it really was my transformative justice because mm. I was in there and I just and I seen. What it was doing to my community. Mm. I lost a lot of friends. I lost the like from the toxic that we was putting inside of our community. And and like I was telling Piper uh, in in our community a couple weeks ago, hip hop is where I found my God in a, in a mm. sense. So like I seen how to do better and be better through this. And then when I got in and I seen that I'm <coughs> what everybody else do. So I used it to fine tune my our community. So like the day that we did the cipher at the village, I just it played back to me the ciphers and stuff that we used to just do all the time. Like as mm-hmm. you, so I was like, I just immediately hit up the community and said, "Look, we about to cipher in some random location starting tomorrow," and then everybody just show start showing up. And it's been seven years going now and. Is it's really been community gathering. Like 
just getting together like it's it's no industry beats it's actually producers mm. from the city come yeah. play their music mm-hmm. and we freestyle over them all day cause just like <laughs> but, but sometimes they don't have no music sometimes just, you don't have no music no just, we just rap it cause we just cause eventually we gonna run out of beats and don't nobody <laughs> and don't nobody wanna play no industry beats so it's right. like mm. everybody like these producers is working working all, working hard mm-hmm. as these MCs is so they came come through with like literally like yeah, Knox had like a hundred beats. Yep. Oh my god! Like literally beats on the flash drive. Like literally, I had like a seventy sub beats on the flash drive. Mm-hmm. Like X to detect. Like this, this I many. See why y'all keep and we going. Are, and we are run out of beats. Like <laughs> 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 we are run out of beats. So it's like we 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 use that to fine tune ourselves in 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 our culture and community and and like you I know really what's cool. It. The first one I went to was Clark Park. When was Clark, that Clark, one? Park. No, that that was one, one of the first actually, ones. Actually, the first that's the first one I went to. The, the first one you went to was the first one, and it was actually in front of the old train station. No, no, you're right. Yeah, the first one the was actually in front of the train oh, station. Yeah. Okay. The first one was in front of the train station. That, you're right. Are oh, you that, talking about what Ford just bought? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. And it it was no idea of anybody That's, buying it. It was no place. music there at all. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> it was no it. mic. No no <laughs> speaker. It no just all type of people would just show up. Mm-hmm. That is so. It was so crazy. crazy. It was a, that also was one of my favorite. I knew I knew that Monkey Bars was about to be something from that first one because mm-hmm. because it was it was uh like um, Jay Lathe. It was like. All of these different was women and men getting together, ciphering, going crazy. Then, then uh, Brown Bomber showed up. This was my first time meeting this guy, and he's like a comic book in real life. So he like come dressed up as this character that he is Brown Bomber, and he got pyrotechnics inside of his gloves so he rapping Whoa. about fire and like fire shooting out his hands and, <laughs> and we like what has happened here like <laughs> what's happened here and like super MC he like him and a, and a, a lot of uh, our community members right now is in the Guinness book of records for like mm-hmm. freestyling and like soup is a monster like mm-hmm. you know soup like he'll rap for hours if you days like, um, and days right mm-hmm. when not never saying the same words ever in, in context like it, ever it, ever what? like mm-hmm. he's he, he's amazing he's the goat of, yeah of freestyling yeah I, I, and, I and mahogany's right there with him though yeah, for sure mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. but like so like to to see these see to see these this type of energy going mm-hmm. and to be able to open the space up for this to type of building mm-hmm. and culturally just was, on on the street though just on the street yeah you know and th- and like I said we in front of the old train station it's mm-hmm. no one thinking about this space at this time now it's it been yeah from this point it's going to be this it's going to be that it's going to yeah. be this now it's mm-hmm. bought yeah. but this mm-hmm. time it was Probably like security guards know, and everything it right? wasn't yeah. it wasn't the fake windows in it it was no, it was, it was just you know it was like terrible a year and a half from from a from a, a homeless dude like freezing inside mm-hmm. the shafts you know what I'm saying type mm-hmm. of stuff so mm-hmm. like we was trying to it's seven years now and like looking back it's like we you we found a way to rehabilitate our culture. And our community by just meeting up and rapping. Mm-hmm. And when I'm telling you they would rap, they would go there in the daytime. And then when it get dark and cold, they yeah, come over 5E. to Five E <laughs> and start rapping <laughs> all night long until we kicked out because we rapping. And they bring the whole and, and monkey some bars. Of the kids just go stay. Yeah, they go so do if, cultural work and, and yeah work, work in the labs and stuff. 
come back the next day to like maybe he'll pipe around or do yeah. photos. They still there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. space. Oh yeah. Yeah. That space. So yeah. if I was just to like walk up like I was rapping, I'm like, can I get in? I would be like, yeah, come no, on. No, you don't ask. You, don't you just start rapping. You just start. You just get in. <laughs> get in when you fit in. Like, for real. As soon as somebody pauses for half a second, yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. just start rapping. <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. if I be, would it be a DJ or y'all would just put... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, it would mm-hmm. be a DJ there Like a lot of time it, You know It would be Stacey so somebody J there And they just or, hop yeah. on Yeah 5e was more like a space Man, So Monkey Bars space. was actually like A gathering mm-hmm. If that's the name of the gathering So wherever they meet Got you Which um, By the way um, They have been con- Like Mixo said Been continuing like to do monkey bars, which is where we're gonna be on February the fourteenth. So excited for the uh, all woman monkey bars. And that's beautiful. Monkey bars. I don't know. So <laughs> are, these, are these women gonna be? Are these women gonna be rapping? They gonna be rapping. No, they gonna be C, doing needle points. Everything that they feminine energy allowed them to do for that night because mm-hmm. it's it's their night. <laughs> it's your night, like because we was like. Uh, we was I, I was talking we was talking to our community like we do and we build and we like you know women don't have a space right they just don't have a space you know like shout out to mm-hmm. we found you know hip hop yes indeed but they just don't have a space to do that to, practice to, to do the practice you mm-hmm. know and I I want to when we convert we we in a converting stage we still gonna do the monkey bars ciphers every. You know, when it'll get warmer throughout the warmer seasons like we do. But we was thinking, like, we needed to have something for the colder seasons, but also a way to bring the community together that's actually, like, been pulled apart from us losing all our venues and spaces. Like, you know, spaces like 5e, which was the only hip-hop-owned space that we ever had in real life since like you know whatever <coughs> hip hop shop or whatever you want to call it but it was the only space we had that was owned and operated by the culture itself mm-hmm. all these other spaces is owned by rock old white rock people or mm-hmm. you know some random off skirt outside the community you know owner so uh, w- like we uh, talked about before now we get hip hop the actual community owning space and land now. So now we say we 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 was reaching out to our community to say let's start doing something where we could bring our community together and we could talk about these things that we don't get to talk about. We have a space where we can use our our creativity and build with one another, but also no exclusions. Mm-hmm. And the New Year's was just a fun party to get together and like flex our skills but oh, yeah. i want to make sure the first one for the for this year is culturally appropriate to understand what this space is about to be about so that's why i reached out to piper and and the females of our of our hip-hop community to be the first to be the forefront of this space because females are the backbone of of the of the culture we can't do it without y'all period we never have and never will like it, mm. it just don't work that way so like so 
we have to use this space to to bring that appreciation to to who and what our community is. Once the riots and all of that stuff, who was the the ones out in the streets cleaning this stuff up? The women who was out here doing all the the, the work that no, I'm finding out information. Most of the information I'm finding out that's really what's really going on coming from the women that's spending the time to know what's going on. Like, right. So mm-hmm. like so like that's what should be appreciated here because because once you can uplift that you can uplift yourself you know so and this is I, coming from mixo i'm just over here like ah. well so if mixo and um super mc and um and bryce were some of the men who like like when we had the foundation mm-hmm. women in hip-hop they were the ones keeping the rules so mm-hmm. that's where that's coming from yeah. but yeah you want to say I something may, well. yeah i just wanted to lift up one thing we went to, i went to the new year's eve uh monkey bars and for those who'd never been, and you might have a stereotype or you might have an imagination of what a hip hop show is, mm-hmm. um, there was tarot card readings, mm. there was people burning different types of aromas, there was food that you could get, hot food, mm. there was um, little champagne drinks that you could get. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Mixo was talking about culture, mm-hmm. he's not just talking about a bunch of dudes sitting rapping, which is valuable. It's valuable to have a bunch of dudes sitting and rapping. But it was a cultural experience in mm-hmm. a very full sense of literally our whole culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so I just wanted to shout out that show and try to paint a picture. Thank you for that. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Of what that what that New Year's Eve gathering was all about. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a very it was it was life giving to me. I ain't gonna show <laughs> up because I was like I was like I'm putting my all to to put the, our community back because right before the before I started planning this, uh, all the spaces was closed. Like even mm-hmm. the spaces that was allowing us to do mm. stuff, like the 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 blind pig. Had stopped, you know, booking as much rap yep, as they yep. did. But then, mm-hmm. but then, Andrews. shout out to to True Classic mm-hmm. that that grabbed hold of the Ann Arbor community, who was also an alumni of Monkey Bars, to keep the hip hop going over there. Mm-hmm. And and but all the other spaces closed down. And uh, cats like Uncle P, who was. Who was continuing the beat battles that we had started in our community. Uncle P got a podcast on Detroit is different on Mondays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout so, out Uncle P. Yeah, shout out Uncle P. He also uh we plan on working on some new things, but right now they're doing things that de- <coughs> detribute um on Woolworth. He also does the hip hop awards. And the hip hop awards, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, annual hip hop awards. Oh, all of these okay. spaces. I think you showed me inspired. All of these spaces mm-hmm. get you know, been taken from under under us in old Miami. All these spaces been taken mm-hmm. from under us that we had we we had in for for years because they did not have a way to bring community to their spaces. Mm-hmm. But now that gentrification is highly effective, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't quote unquote need us anymore. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. So like so like they 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 give us the the yeah. bad end of the stick. And they book all of their, you know, gentry punk rock bands and this and that, which is oh, cool because I go it. to I go to some of these shows because I'm about the musicians, but mm-hmm. I know what's really going on behind the mm-hmm. scenes. You know, what that I'm saying? reminds me, I was I got a homie on the West Coast, 
uh, shout out to Shamako Noble. Yeah. Um, who's, I call him a peer OG. Because sometimes you get to a certain point where you got like peers, but they like OGs because they, mm-hmm. they put in so much work mm-hmm. and they just kick wisdom. And he was just talking about how in the Bay Area, almost most of his friends, they not making money off of hip hop. He was like, they doing jazz nights and the DJs is not DJing hip hop. They DJing other kind of music. And like you were saying, the venue. So it's it's happening all around where these venues is changing their mind about hip hop and tr- about that quote unquote community, our community. And like, yo, we ain't worried about bringing them in. We got some other people mm-hmm. we're trying to bring in now. It's the scripted narr- narrative. The same thing we was talking about. With uh, media on that tip, it's the same thing. See, media give us the information that that rap is dangerous and mm. and all of that, but that's not what hip hop is. What hip hop is is a is community. It started with community. It always will be about community. Mm-hmm. But the market of of it, the rap market, is not what hip hop is. That's not put on by. The community that we know and always loved it to be, that's put on by fun, white funders. And so they they that puts out that put out the narrative of us being, you know, the oppressive way. You know what I'm saying? It, it puts us out living that structure of guns and violence and this and that. Yeah, we live around guns and violence, but it's not the same way. Have you have any of y'all ever watched uh Killer Mike's new show. Yeah, I like Killer Mike. I love him, but so, I haven't seen his show. Though. So, like, it was a lot of stuff on there that I that I love, but in particular, what I'm talking about, he 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 took the Bloods and the Crips and made it soda, right? Oh, yeah. He 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 helped them make a branding, right? Mm. <clears throat> but I'm in my neighborhood. I knew the gangs and stuff. Like most of my gang friends were was Crips. All my friends was was Crips, most of them. And my uncles was Bloods. They was from Sconey Hood, which was mm-hmm. 8 Mile, right? So, so, but we wasn't beefing because of our colors. We had problems with each other because of disrespect and money issues, but no one was like, oh, he in blue or he in red, shoot at him. That never was the issue these people, these at this time, these elders of these these things was actually taking care of the community. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so that narrative got changed when dope and all of that got pushed in the community. So now the mind state, so the mind state of these fraternity, these hood fraternities and sororities, which I love that Mike Ooh. changed it, changed the narrative to that to that's what it is because mm-hmm. that's what it always mm-hmm. been. That, that I saw him say that on a yeah. Breakfast Club, and I was like, oh my god, you're yeah. a genius. That's because that's what it always been mm-hmm. until until the toxic got in the community and changed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the narrative always been that. I I right now know a whole I know a decent amount of Bloods and Crips that like on the rig take care of their family and friends and don't. And don't even have guns in their home. <laughs> you know, mm. don't even have guns. So, so like this is this, we have to like change the the narrative because the media give us something that's not really true. Can I? And you don't really know that it's not true because you at home watching this on TV, mm. and your neighbor right next door will save your life. Mm. But since you've seen them repping blue and red, you close your door to them. I want to give give a shout Mm -hmm. out talking about black history, which is 
Seems like that's what this podcast is definitely about. Right. Uh, give a shout out to my cousin Cardone. He has a, a a brand called Street Stories. Okay. And I'm help. I'm I'm doing a little bit of writing for him. Um, but what he's going into is the history of gangs in Detroit. Mm. And he was talking about the, uh, especially on the east side, because he's like east side Van Dyke, mm-hmm. um, and was talking about some of those gangs. And many people don't know those gangs were first formed as protection against white people. Yeah. Because white people were going buck wild, crazy, violent, you know, when black people were moving into certain neighborhoods. Mm. And so the young teenagers were taking it upon themselves, like, yo, we got to protect. We got to gang up and protect so our mamas ain't getting hit upside the head. Mm. And so, you know what I'm saying? So our community ain't getting hit upside the head. And like Mixo said, drugs and that type of stuff came a couple decades later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And there's even some institutional things about mm, how did the powers that be try to undermine those gangs and try to pull them into certain things. Yeah. But in terms of the foundation, um, those gangs were formed as like really neighborhood protection because in those days, that segregation thing was like hot and heavy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And these, not every white person, but the white community as a whole was not just opposed, but they was getting thuggish with it. Right. You know? And so I was surprised to read that, but, um, you know, kind of like Mixo saying, it kind of breaks down this thing called gangs and shows that there's a lot of misperceptions and just not even not even understanding on how those things are formed. Foundation of America. Yeah. yeah. Wow, wow. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, also, too, with the uh, healing work that you've been doing. All right. I wanted to bring that into the space. I mean, we're going to get to the entertainment justice part, but I feel like that's a culmination of like all this stuff. So I wanted you to talk about because you you do Reiki. Yeah. And yeah. then you're also part of a healing collective. And so just can you talk a little bit more about all of that? Yeah, it's we all need healing, man. We all need healing and we a lot of the healing for me, you know, uh Mixo talked about healing through the music. Um but there's a variety of things that we need healing mentally, emotionally in this racist society that tells us in many ways that we are nothing or less than nothing. Um, and that affects our emotions. That affects our physical body. You know what I'm saying? And so um, healing is part of the community. Um, and many people, like you said about the misperceptions, many people think that hip-hop is only disrespect and is only anger and violence. And a lot of hip hop is really like I am, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's putting out your self identity and saying I am valuable, I am smart, I am mm-hmm. clever, mm-hmm. I am worthy, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it, it can it can have this and it can have that inside it, you know. But that's part of the healing too. I'm uh, part of a new organization which I'm very happy to be a part of. Um, and if any listeners, if this pertains to you then check it out because we're going to be going live and direct in the spring. And it's called Detroit Disability Power. Mm. Um, for most of my life, since the year 1990, uh, going back further if you count it a certain way, I've had uh, issues with my kidneys, mm-hmm. uh, going on dialysis, uh, had a kidney transplant in 1994, mm. um, which lasted 13 years. I've had uh, lymphoma, cancer. I've had a, a variety of things. 
And um, what we're doing is bringing together and creating safe space. I'm going to be one of the facilitators for a support group for people with any sort of disability, chronic illness, mental illness, um, anything like that. We're trying to create these support groups in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have a separate one for caregivers. You know, like sometimes people is caring for their parents mm-hmm. or you might have a kid with a disability or mm-hmm. a loved one or even professionally. Like my cousin, you know what I'm saying? She'd be going to people's houses mm-hmm. and taking care of them and stuff like that. And so there's going to be one support group for people with whatever, however you could define your disability, however you could define your illness. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be one support group for that and one support group for caregivers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you got a loved one. That's struggling with these things and you, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. again, or even if you're doing it professionally, you're a nurse, what's it called? Certified nurse's assistant mm-hmm. or anything like that in that profession. You know, you be, you know, dealing with all that stuff, be creating a, can create yeah. a, a stress yeah, on your brain. You got to heal from that. My, my brother uh, was doing hospice and, and me and him had to have a healing session because one of his patients died and it was mm-hmm. his first time him ever mm-hmm. dealing with death in that, that sort of way. Like, so it, that... Thank you for that, brother, because people are going to need that. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how you separating it, too. Yeah. And real. so we going, we in the planning phases right now, but I think, I don't know if we're going to get live in either April or May. Okay. Um, And it's called Detroit Disability Power. And um, part of, you know, all the stuff that we're talking about is like, yo, this these injustices is creating all these traumas and disabilities yeah. and problems, you know what I'm saying? Like, the police thing, you get mm. shot by the police. Not everybody that gets shot by the police die. Right. Some people That's in wheelchairs. Yep. Some people is just traumatized. Yeah. And, you know, can't wrap their mind around what happened to them. Think you know about mm. when you see blue and red lights just passing you by. Oh, man. Oh, my God. You know what oh, I'm saying? To actually encounter it and mm, get mm. arrested and then get your car searched and they don't find nothing. You got mm, all mm. your stuff all over your car. Now you got to get back in the car. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Powerful. I think of a story that my uh, sister Sawatu told me. It was a deep story. It, uh, I don't know if you've experienced this too, but um, but maybe not because you you uh, you grew true up in the city. But she had, I think it was like her nephew or something, uh, who was from the suburbs and was just visiting um, visiting them in their house in Detroit, and literally a weekend, literally like on Saturday. The kid had to go to the emergency room with asthma. Wow. And literally, they could not, the kid was, was about one year old. Mm-hmm. Literally, the kid couldn't make it through the whole weekend, went back home to the suburbs, didn't have no more asthma. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, that's the conditions that we lived in. And that, and she, she, her jaw dropped, you know, and in the emergency, I think something was happening just like the marathon thing. Something mm-hmm. was happening that day because that day there was a lot of babies and a lot of people in the, in the wow, emergency room wow. with asthma. So it was like something was happening. Yeah, you some know? sort of trigger. Exactly, yeah. some sort of trigger. But it's like, again, the doctors aren't trained right. to tell you this thing is happening. They're trained to be like, oh, are you smoking? Yeah. Do you got dirt in your what house? What did you do? Yeah, what did you do? You know, you got, a ro- you got roaches in your house. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... You know, the the factory leaked mm. and hundreds of people was coming in with asthma. Wow. And you talking about some roaches in your house. Mm. You know? But these that's what we talk. This is a collective thing. This is black history. Yeah. Because our community is going through it. Definitely. You know? Mm. Being in the now, huh? You know what I'm saying? And so that's um a big part of the healing. And we're not, 
you know, we're taking it from self-care to community care. Okay. You know, self-care is like, oh, you got to take care of yourself. No, this is a community thing. The yeah. So much of the things that we need self-care for is because of what's happening in our community. Right, right, right. Um, and so that's that's a big part of the healing motion that we're mm-hmm, doing. Mm-hmm. And also, too, um, with the healing, that's why I want to come to the entertainment justice because we always talk about doing this cultural work. We always talk about food, land, clean air, water, mm-hmm. and we do relief events. We um, support one another in so many ways, you know, letting people know to buy people's projects, letting mm-hmm. people know um, to go to other people's shows, um, helping one another create projects, um, giving each other political education so that people can have content for their projects. Mm. And also to, at these events, making sure there's healthy food, childcare, um, just all these different elements around entertainment justice. Um, and maybe both of you could kind of explain um, what what's the difference between, you know, entertainment and like entertainment justice. You know, oh man, I mean, it it would be simply as the simple form is like we was talking about with Rob Burgundy. It's like it's the same thing. It's like so entertainment is just as as it is. It's just you know entertainment, which is good because like Rachel always say, like dance floors is transformative justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love that. That's like. Oh. Which which it which is fact because yeah. you know, <clears throat> but also she's also coming from you know the standpoint of you know white America white you know white classism of life so like so like for for my class you know they dance floors is transformative but at the same time. A lot of times we ain't got time to even make it to the dance floor. So, mm. so, so you gotta you gotta have a different thought and approach when it comes to you know community versus the entertainment. It has to be something that that also benefits the community for it to be you know for it to be that. Otherwise, it is just entertainment. Mm. And you can just come and you can get your dance on. You can have your drink and then you go home and you can start your work day. But I think that far as a community, you need to be able to have those things in place, but you also need to be able to have a space where where you know you go to this place you you also can have this dance floor uh justice, but you can also see see a sign on the wall that mm-hmm. you know let you know that the sign is say that you protect it as a individual or mm. you know the the way you entered the the space and the person that 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 let you enter the space, the conversation y'all had made you feel that this space is safe to be in. Mm. You know, these type of things is what what we need for the community itself to not only be engaged, but to also feel feel that transformative justice that Rachel be talking about about on the dance floor. So it's like it's it's a very, you know, it's a mm. thin line, but that thin line that thin line need to be brought together so we can do both because we need both. Mm. You know, like I, me as a, you know, I've, I, I love music. I love it. Like, 
the vibrations, everything about the sound of of of, of sound. Mm-hmm. I just, it, it it fixes me in a way. Oh, you know? so like so if I'm dealing with something, I can I can really like sometimes just put some dill on or you know throw some dez, you know, on and I'm good. Some days that's not enough. You know, so how do you do that at a at a venue when you know throwing some dill on ain't enough? You know, so you guys to you guys to be able to bridge those two things. Mm-hmm. You know, because entertainment is never just enough. Mm. Would y'all say like the stuff you guys were saying that Five E where you held down the space is that entertainment justice? That's definitely entertainment. Five E for me was the. It showed me how to do entertainment justice. Mm. Like, I was I was able to be able to see see exactly how I want to, you know, my version of that for my community <laughs> through mm-hmm. through you know through everybody at Five E because this was a open this space was open for anybody to come in and and be free. But also be correct, you know, like mm. not just to not just to be free and just run around like you you gonna get checked if you wrong. <laughs> you gonna get you know what I'm saying like yeah. I, like like at your grandma house you gonna get told about what you're doing that's inappropriate and not just told about it why and you can ask questions to get the answer to the why. So it that's the transformative justice because. It's answers to your questions in this space. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not just it's not just a place to just ask questions and a bunch of whys. It's actually and and, and say say Piper don't got the answer. She'll be like, well, maybe you should talk to you know Stacy J about this. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And then I go mm-hmm. get you know. So the answer still lies in this building. You know, you see what I'm saying? So like mm-hmm. that's 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 powerful. Like that, I seen the power in that and. It, it's, it helped me in my movement with monkey bars and it helped me, you know, add assets to my to to the movement and out of Zocon because we was able to we was able to be we was able to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And that and that's that's what is hard to do in all of this. It's just to be. You know, mm-hmm. define yourself, to be yourself or whatever that is. Like we talked about before, like, you know, Black history is only history month is only forty three years old, and it's like, mm. yeah, that's cool and all that, but I can I can do a hundred years of educational findings by just chilling at five V for a bit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. that, that's what open mm-hmm. that's powerful. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like that's that's so it's so it's powerful in just these these small open spaces mm-hmm. because all all around my city. No matter how you see it or visualize it, I've been here. You know, I don't. I don't care about people talking about agency. I'm 37, and for 37 <laughs> years, for 37 years, I've been living in closed spaces. Everywhere you go, that ain't you know black and brown community space. The doors is closed, or it feel like they' about to shut on you mm. at any moment. So to have spaces where you feel like the door, you could control the doorknob. You know, like mm, you, you like can it. open the door. You can go in and out as you please. You can like this information or hate it. You can do whatever you want with it. It's up to you. You can be here. You know, so like that's that's what that's what this is for me, and that's what I found that that really works. You know, because that's 
that's what we we sitting on. We sitting on black and brown people being oppressed for however many years you want to do the math on. You need a space to let that out, to finally be yourself, to finally be whoever you inspire to be, period. You know, like we 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 from a culture where you can't you don't really know where you from or came from. Mm. You know, like like it's that's that's a hard that's a hard real lesson for for most people to have to to take in so they usually don't. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yep. to be like I don't really know where my people came from, so let's mm. just deal with my people that I met now. You know what I'm saying? But then you get other cultures, they've been since they was born, they knew. Them. Since they was born, they not only known they they people, they ancestors, they lineage, what's where the money at, where the how to you know, all of these different things since yeah. they was born. But we come in we come in here with this oppressive way of life and living so we have no idea so we have to formulate and make it ourselves and so like you have to have a place to be and related to that place to be one of the things that i think about with the distinction of entertainment and entertainment justice um shout out to piper and all the uh people that were working on the mute R. Kelly. Oh yeah. Um, I think you think about an R. Kelly concert. Mm. You know, it's at a venue, you know, the Little Caesars Arena or at some venue that some you know, some billionaire owns. Mm-hmm. You go in, you pay money, you uh get your drinks, you get drunk, and it's really about escapism. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's that's entertainment. It's entertainment is really about it's you know, you have a good time for a few hours and you you know, especially a lot of artists now you transport it back to when you were eighteen and right. you know what I'm saying? You close your eyes and you know, he takes you away to something that's totally unrealistic. Mm. Or at least unrelated. Yeah. Or both. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, entertainment justice is like, yo, this you know what I'm saying, like Mixo is saying, you getting into yourself, you getting mm. into your community. We not closing our eyes, your eyes is open. The lyrics is making sense. You you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's the whole thing. You got a kid. There's child care. It's, it's very present and very now. Yeah. Even the question of who owns the building. Can we, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Who owns, this is our, you, you take pride. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You go to an R. Kelly concert. You ain't thinking about the arena. Right. You, you don't have a relationship to the arena. Right. Where you go into an entertainment justice, that means something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is 5E. This is monkey bars. You mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It, the whole thing as a whole makes sense. Yeah. Whereas entertainment justice is like, oh, for, forget about the arena. Forget about who's really making the money. Forget mm-hmm. about everything except for close your eyes and let the song make you feel something. You mean entertainment. Entertainment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes you even close your eyes and ignore the words of the song. Right. And you just, just get, get caught in. Yeah, you, you just, you just rob Sometimes you, you ignore <laughs> even the words of the song. While they're going into right. your subconscious. While, right. While they're playing, you, you're not even fully present to the words you know. in mm-hmm, some time. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? Because if you were, you might walk out. You might walk out. <laughs> you know or hopefully, hopefully. 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 So, you know, and so entertainment yeah. justice is a whole. It's 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 being refined, like you were saying. Five, it's being refined. It's mm-hmm. it's going to keep being refined, but it's tr- trying to give that holistic experience where mm-hmm. you can be 
Like you say, you could be. You can be. Present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You a father, you a mother, you a this, you a that, you a person, you mm-hmm. a... You and we're know? not taking nothing away from you. That, that's beautiful. Let's let's try mm-hmm. to figure out how to empower that. Let's let's not try to take away from that. Let's not say... let's, not, let's That's why I gave my age. Like, because I'll always give my age. I still feel... I still feel the moment I feel when I first found hip hop at 37. So mm. like, I I don't have to I don't have to like play young. I don't have to play. <laughs> I don't have to go grab some youthful. I love the gray. Sometimes I pickle, but I mm-hmm. love it. You know, mm-hmm. like hip hop is hip hop is timeless. It's, mm-hmm. it's timeless. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I hip hop right just turned now, 46. Right, Happy birthday, mm. baby. Older than Black History Month. So like. <laughs> so like <laughs> So like, wow. like I get, I get, I get youth that I deal with on a regular basis mm-hmm. that plays music before both of our time periods that blows my mind all the time. So music itself is transformative mm-hmm. if, it's, if it's taken into what it is versus entertainment. Because right. because if it's entertainment. You're only entertaining yourself, so it's really no substance here. I've I've watched people take, you know, like public enemy songs as entertainment, and they'll tell me that was their favorite group back in the day. Like, what about what they were saying? What about the information and data that they did and and all of the justice work that came behind it? That was just your jam? So you turn something that political and that valuable to your community into just entertainment. So it works on both ways. It don't matter mm, what the context is. There you go. Or that, buy their t-shirt at Urban Outfitters. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, so, mm-hmm. so like we, it, it have to be, that's why I like the, you know, the community of it because mm. the, the, it's teaching and growth with that. It's no teaching and growth to just go to a concert that you paid your money to because that that entertainer may not even come back to your city no more. True. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever true. the case may be. Like, you may not never get That's, to see them. So yeah. you're like, I'm about to go see them for the first and last time. Wow. And now you hold on to that more than you hold on to your baby. I'm feeling great with my son laying in mm. my lap right now. That's beautiful to me right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, you see what I'm saying? So, like, these, is, these are the things that we have to transform what we what we hold precious and hold you know as something to to go on about like we didn't in in rap community in the last i don't know few months we didn't lost a whole bunch of little young cats out here mm. like so many little young cats because of the toxicity that they are forced to be upon i'm not going to say these kids and their music is bad. I get put up on young music all the time, and some of it I can't stand, and some of it I love to mm. be real. Like, yeah, this is know? true. So, like, I I I've learned to like be appreciative of what what, mm-hmm. what vibrations call me and what br- vibrations don't. You know, like I think that people should take music in like that in general because this is ancient. This is ancient language coming mm-hmm. through vibration, and if you and it, if it play bad to your blood memory, turn it off. You know what I'm saying? That's if, true. If, if 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 it don't, then it it might be it might be sending signals that might be uplifting you to to do something, be better, and mm-hmm. and the song could be about you know popping ass and titties. You never you know what I'm that's saying? hilarious. Like this, that it's funny, but that's 
I've watched this happen. You know what I'm saying? I right, watched right, right. somebody jam off of that, but they don't live like that. You know what mm. I'm saying? So, well, this is true. You know what I'm saying? So, like, they that's just they that's just they jam. So, is it is it like is that you know entertainment or is that you know the transformative justice we talking about? Here? <laughs> like, you know, so it's like it's 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 a it's a thin line, but mm. it's better to 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 understand that line. Then play the side of you know entertainment ignorance because mm. you you get lost you get lost in the stuff <coughs> this the the stuff the the information that's coming to us especially now mm-hmm. is coming at such a fast rate yeah that you don't have no time to really take it in this like, is true the mm-hmm. songs used to be like thirteen minutes long and nobody complained about it then they start shortening songs up shorter and shorter and shorter. Where like the legal the the radio amount of song used to be four minutes. It's really like under three or two right now. So like you got to make a whole song in like a minute or two to fit society standard. I'm mm-hmm. not playing that. My my vibration may go longer. Sometimes my vibration might be a thirty second song. Mm-hmm. Who's to tell me I'm wrong or right? It's no. The code is up to you to create. It's not up to someone to tell you how it's supposed to be. That's the key. You know what I'm saying? Because if you live in off of, you know, a, a, a plate that's served to you, then you deal with what you're eating. Wow. Flat out. Well, I want to toss that with all of that back over to you, Will, because speaking of um, entertainment justice, both of you have your own platforms and you're working on a joint project now, but you were saying that you have um, a three-part project that's out, that's coming out this year. And so um, as we move towards the end of the podcast, I wanted you guys to talk more about your personal work, the stuff you're doing now. And yeah, let us know like where to get it and stuff like that. All right, for sure, for sure, for sure. It's been super fresh to uh, be building with Mixo. Um, we amazing, bro. <laughs> We've been jamming. We've been jamming, yo. It's uh, we got a project called Living Altar, which um, we're just putting the finishing touches on. Um, waiting to get one more verse from Bryce, um, and then we're gonna do the interludes. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be an EP, and it's a three-part series called Philosopher Stones. And Philosopher Stones is a term from alchemy. Like in the uh, European days when they were trying to turn lead into gold. And many people view that in terms of spirituality as a metaphor of like lead is just like commonplace. It's like your lower self. You know, how do you transmute that into your higher self? You know what I'm saying? Like what's the... So some material people like, yo, I'm literally trying to turn a chunk of metal into gold and get rich. You know what I'm saying? But the metaphor of it is like, yo, if you a, a low-down, dirty, dishonest, you know, disreputable, untrustworthy, whatever, you know, how do you transform yourself? How do you transform the lead of yourself mm. in the gold? You know what I'm saying? And that's the uh, the metaphor of the alchemy. And so Philosopher's Stone, um, volume one, is um, Mixo is producing, um, coming out um Late February, Volume 2 um, is going to be produced by Sacramento Knox and Kaz. Shout out, Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll come out in the summer. We're looking for a Juneteenth release date. Okay. 
Volume Three. That's very entertainment, just to see. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all yeah. have to come back for real. Yeah, uh, Knox yeah. was the one that suggested the date. You know, what I'm yeah, saying yeah. on some uh, mm. black and native solidarity. It's like, how about we do it Juneteenth? That's dope. Yeah. I that's a <laughs> that's a good day to do some political political education mm. as well around indigeneity, right. black indigeneity, yeah, black right. and brown solidarity, and then you could be like, yeah, and get my tape, right? And that day I use the word tape. <laughs> you can tell I'm old. It might be a tape. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to do something different with each one. Um, I think for the third one, I think I'm gonna just do a flash drive. I don't even think I'm a. Uh, I want to try that. People are telling me to do vinyl. Mm-hmm. If I could figure it out, or if I get an investor, maybe I do vinyl. Yeah. Um, volume three is gonna be with my man Info Info Fifty Six. Okay. Um, out of Southwest Detroit, Man on Fire. Um, so each one is gonna be an EP. Um, five, six, seven songs. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Any videos? Uh, you gotta do a video. I'm gonna do some videos. I, yeah. I haven't figured out which songs yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do some videos. I already okay. Know which songs you already. I need to do. Mix already knows what songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Want to give a shout out to um, for the first project. Give a shout out to Mixo. Give a shout out to Bryce. Give a shout out to my man Mike Audio. We uh, one of the concepts Mike Audio put forth is uh, this concept of dad raps. Okay, dad raps. Dad raps <laughs> That's really awesome. You know what I'm saying? And these cats, you know, such as myself, are fathers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And are just... Let's put um, great fathers. Can we put great in front uh, of fathers? Appreciate you know, y'all. And it's, you know what I'm saying? It's Bryce it, too. It's it's impacting how we are putting the words out there. You know what I'm saying? And it's imp- not every single song, but it's certain songs where we can just have that intention and we just kind of flip it in a different kind of way and just kind of represent to the world. You know, like Mixo said, we're not... We're not going to sit around here and pretend that we're 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't, I ain't going to try to camouflage or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. going to, you know, kick this song about my seven-year-old, kick it in this certain kind of way. Even, That's wonderful. Even write certain songs, which are kind of like messages to him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he'll, uh, he's funny, right? Because he loves rock and roll. Okay. And he's like, Dad, your music is lame. <laughs> I'm like, you're seven years old, man. He's like, you lame, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, all right. He got his own tape. He go to he can, he can go to YouTube, mm-hmm. play his little rock and roll videos. Okay. All right, G. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe one day he'll like it. Maybe he won't. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Um, and so the dad rap is just one undercurrent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Yoda Kai been beautiful to. Uh, Get that production um, and work with some uh, very talented local producers. Yeah. And just put this out for the next year. And you know what's really dope? Well, thank you for that. It's like watching the evolution. Mm. You know? Because mm. all the way from meeting you, organizing the social forum, all the arts and culture for the social yeah. forum. Shouts out, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a Kesey. That's back 2010. Yeah. Through the Young Educators Alliance, which you told us about. Yeah. Through the whole Detroit Future Youth yeah. collab. Yeah. Through all the trauma that we went through with 5e and y'all brought us into EMIAC in a common space to like you being the director, the co-director. Yeah. You know, to you now being this international social justice connector mm. and healer. Mm. You've always been... Doing that, I don't want to say that it's like new, new. What I mean is that in the land of 
you know, relationship to like not being like at a space. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're like in the world now doing mm. this work um, freely, you mm. know, around and then making these connections to bring the resources, which you've always done, back to your community. Mm. And then, you know, watching you like create your projects with this same group of folks per se, mm. you know, and then now you guys are like evolving together. Mm. So like the sound is evolving, the content's evolving, the ideas are evolving and it's all just really, you know, looking stronger. Mm. So it's just really beautiful to see where it is now. Mm. And I'm really excited to see like where it's going to go. So I'm just honored that you're here and sharing all this with us, you know, that as means, well as all your wisdom. That means so much you know? coming from you, Pipes. That means so much. I'm yeah. so, so glad to be on the show. So glad Mixo called me up and uh, told me to roll with him today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me too. Thanks, Mixo. Oh, no, <laughs> That's what's up. So, it. yeah, and you changed your name, Yoda Kai. So, Unless you've always been Yoda Kai, and then it's like, well, I've, I've, <laughs> I just didn't know that I've one. I changed to to Yoda Kai because of my my conscious switch. And, okay, and and it was about 2014. I just get that's so crazy. It's like, man, the universe really like put stuff in your face. Like it was 2014. I went to Charles H. White right to an exhibition. I think it was the Arise or something mm-hmm. exhibition. Yeah. I had already been doing a lot of changing within self because I had just recently come back from these European tours that we was on and really like gave me a different outlook on, you know, mm-hmm. structure and society. Because I didn't I didn't go out there like most artists do and you know and entertain and, and get their checks and come home. I went out there and I stayed out there for as long as my visa would allow me mm. and like work with the people there, built mm. in studios, asked, asked about the community and tried to figure out, you know, what's going on around, you know, Berlin and what's going on around Vintertour, Switzerland and all of these places I was in. And I would stay there to try to, you know, to get some insight and, how is y'all living like this and we back home living like that? And then I get home. This is this is how this is how the universe worked. I get back home and me and my brother was working on a project that Info was producing. We come outside to have a break from the work. So we go in info car. Cows pull up on us. Stop search. We in the parked car, no car on, nothing, just listening to the music we was just jamming to. Pull us out the car, handcuff us, throw us on, do the whole nonsense. I'm like, dang, man, this is whacked in the mug. Like, we can't even create. This is what's going on back home now. Like, this is the fr- stop and frisk that people was telling me while I was gone that was going on. Now I get home and this is going on. Come back over there, maybe like weeks later, whole new set of cops do the same thing to us. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, now, so it's a directive. Yeah. So now my brother is feeling uncomfortable coming to Southwest to get stopped and frisked, trying to get his project done. Mm-hmm. So like, so like, I'm seeing how this is all playing out. I go to this museum and I, I, I see this, you know, this exhibit that just basically like put all the stuff I was thinking and, and understanding about 
you know, with this w- world in America. It meshed right with it. It just mashed it mm-hmm. together. So I, I started a journey from that point on, and I started writing this album. It was called the Atreyu EP. Aww. And this album was, like, dedicated to a character in this movie called The Never Ending Story, which my cousin Tore, who passed as at a young age because he had a heart condition, that used to be our favorite movie. Mm. But after I seen, seen this exhibit, I watched this movie, and like, you know, talk about going back into your youth, I like seeing this hero as, you know, what Detroit need in this sense. You know, mm. like, I seen the nothing that was taking over Fantasia being gentrification and being, you know, white supremacy and oppression. I seen it as that. So I started writing, 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 and producing and producing and producing. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, the music I was making was no longer, you know, Mixo, the character, the not mm. the character, but the the, the person that I that I that I was at the yeah. time. Mixo still exists, and me and Mike is actually, you know, working to put some new stereo boy music out. And the okay. people is like, because we had to stop and be parents and 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 adjust to the world we was in before we. And shouts out to Mike. Music, yeah, love that brother, man. So, and uh, and you know it's funny, like. Remember we did those promo pictures for Stereo Boys yeah. under the bridge. We still use those pictures to this day. Yeah, and I did, and I did some pictures for um, Will C too for that mm-hmm. single. Mm-hmm. Well, that was for the single. That was for my first album. That was for the whole album. That was right? for the basics. That was for the basics. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that album cover. It looks sweet. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and I and yeah. I and I love I love those pictures too. Yeah, I hate to like be like, oh, I love pictures. my pictures, but yeah, it was dope. It was no, like no it was cool. Yeah, your pictures are still like uh, some of our favorite pictures, especially the the like the three where we like in the little I think it's like a little uh, cement stairway. Yeah, that's like that's like our number one tag picture by our fans and stuff. Mm. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's, that's cool. That's pretty cool. But yeah, so like, so now I end up having a son, and I I, I named him Betray You, mm-hmm, <laughs> and and I had put the album on hold because you know Mike had his child first, and he needed to to take a break to to work on family and figure out family. So, and I still was running the city trying to you know see how to keep the culture together, but it just wasn't mashing up for what 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 I was I honestly becoming. At at the time, wait. And where does the walk fit in? It walk fit in right before I had a tray you. Okay. So, um, so like that was 2014. 2015 is is around the time we was working the parks. 15 and 16, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And 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 at that time, I already had this conscious of. You know this white classism and all this oppression that that I've been seeing as a young kid. Now I was trying to adapt to as an adult. I started working in a sense for the powers that be. <laughs> right, so so it 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 consumed my day to day, and I start having dreams about walking to Colorado, which is crazy. So 
I told my friends about it. Everybody thought it was as crazy as I thought it was. But I <laughs> had the dream three times with two different parts to it. Wow. So so I felt I had to do it. I called my boy Kyle up. He, I had just came back from living in Atlanta with him and told him, bro, I'm about to take this walk. And he decided to take it with me. So he called the bus back to Detroit. And we, we took this walk. And uh, on the walk, I get to like, I get to like, connect with the earth i get to connect with with mother, mother nature in a way that uh, that's unexplainable can i just tell you that the i think it was the day before you went on your walk we had lunch mm-hmm. was that the day before it was the day before yep. yeah yeah you was like you was like i'm leaving, I'm leaving. how long did it take you? you was like i'm walking to uh, colorado we, we i was like get good to luck. colorado <laughs> we actually walked we actually get to the furthest we got was to the bottom of ohio which is the opposite way, which is the opposite. Well, we was, the player was to walk the whole Midwest. That's what ended up becoming. But that also was re-scripted by this person that was <laughs> taking over my whole, uh, trying to take over my whole being of things. Mm. So like they re-scripted my whole narrative of what I'm walking for. Wow. It was, it was a really crazy thing. So like, once we got on the walk, we started doing the walk the way that the universe was telling us we were supposed to do. Mm, I like and that. And so, uh, following mathematics and following our, you know, common sense and what the Mother Nature told us, it got us all the way to, you know, this weird town in Ohio, like safely. The whole journey was was safe. You know, it was it was still this was. This was the this journey started. This is so crazy. This journey started when Trump was when Trump was about to be in office. Mm. So like by time by time we get to our ending point, we read it to we read it to Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle, Kyle told Dave Chappelle what he was doing. <laughs> and he was he say. Well, for the rest of this walk, y'all probably should wear Trump shirts, <laughs> which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we also knew the we well, the closer we got to this this location where we met Dave Chappelle, we started seeing the hatred mm. of white America. They was calling the police on us every chance they could get, like. These random black guys walking with huge backpacks through my through my core past my cornfields and blah blah. So the police would come swoop up on us. What y'all doing? We tell them what it is, and you know one of us got the camera on. The other one is is, is explaining as peace and positive as we possibly can. What's going yeah. on? So they find out they don't want no smoke. So they either be like, you know, I try to be on the news. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So they had did, but then one time a cop actually. It was like, well, I'll give y'all a ride. It it drove us an hour back to opposite way. So basically, just basically told us to go back to Detroit without pretty much. So we start seeing these narratives, and when we get back, when we got to where we end up, you know, we decided it it started getting cold. We started. We decided we was gonna take this break at this space, and everybody was like, "That's what we should do." Mm -hmm. So, and you know. Life happened, so we had to leave. We had I had to come back home because my grandmother passed and all types of things. So I ended the the walk from from that point on because family family was was first. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, then I get back. Uh, in that process, I met my my child's mother, who also assisted a lot on the walk, like heavily brought stuff, was transportation outside of the dangers, mm. all types of things, you know. So I'll never forget her for that. It, it was great. And we got back. We had this little guy that's in my lap right now. So, so it was like, it was, it was, you know, it was really transformative. But then back to this project, mm-hmm. um, I started getting back into the zone of creating. Mm-hmm. So I started grabbing all of those ideas from the Treyu album and realized, holy shit, we just named my son this. And like, let me see what I was writing. And I started reading back these lyrics and going through the production I was making and figuring out that this was... This was already preordained for mm. so like I'm very excited to release this project that's coming later. It's called the it's called the Treyu LP now because it'll be a full length. Okay. So um because 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 now I added dad raps in it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Hey. So, okay. So now okay. we got dad raps because now now the focus of the project is is uh is basically a story to my son to to let him know that he the hero of his own world. Mm. So um, that wow. project is going on. What that will be coming later? I'm I'm looking for like, you know, May, like you know, June ish release for that. Mm-hmm. But currently, I've been working with, you know, Will C and you for Cast. Cast. Uh, we got a project called um, Cast the the Gypsy. He's a little mm-hmm. gypsy kid. He was on oh, here. Yeah, yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> He's so himself. Oh my god! Look, mm-hmm. this this kid to me is like he the oldest soul I've I've ever Aww. known. Like like I was talking about earlier, people be just showing me music that that's that's way beyond our ages. He. He's so knowledgeable beyond his age. He is. Mm-hmm. From the first encounter I have yeah, with him. It's, yeah, it's really good. And so, like, when I... I've known him since he was 13. Aww. And now, our create... Uh, the way we connect at, in creation mm-hmm. is, is, is blowing my mind. It, like, rejuvenates... Re- What's the word? <laughs> Readjust. Rejuvenate. Rejuvenate. Oh, rejuvenate. Uh-huh. Rejuvenated me in such a way... Where my son had already brought me this rejuvenation, this rejuvenation to the point where I felt that, you know, I'm about to make something crazy. But mm-hmm. then once Cask started coming into the studio and we started building, yeah, he helped me. He he honestly helped me mold which what is the Yoda the sound of Yoda Kai right now. That's dope. Yeah. Whoa. So now. Thank you for all that for both of you guys. We're going to have to bring y'all back for all this stuff, right? Yes. So give us where can people get all this great music and connect with you? For me, mm-hmm. I'm still a stereo boy to the day that I die. Mm-hmm. So all the music that comes that I, rest, I drop, it'll be on the stereo boys band camp. Uh, and, or you can get it on the... The normal platform, the iTunes, the blah blah blah. But I try to direct everybody to the band camp because that's where our community ching falls. ching. <laughs> <laughs> community falls work for our community mm-hmm. versus you know 
elsewhere. And uh, shout out to Jamal Buford for teaching us that. Yeah. Mm, and Adazoka. <laughs> mm-hmm. You also can go through Adazoka. And they were on like two podcasts ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and also find the, the music. And for me, yeah, it's the band camp. It's Will C Music. W I L L S E E music. We'll see music.bandcamp.com. Um, and I may be doing, some, like I said, I may be doing some things with some flash drives and doing some other things where you got to uh, kind of get to it. You can get some special things if you can get the uh, the physicals. You okay. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's up. So, Brittany, you got any last words? I'm excited for February 14th. Right? Boy. For the monkey bars. Where is it going to be again? Spread art. Talk about a transformative space. Mm-hmm. I guess to say this before we leave and cut this off. So tra- spread art used to be the space called the Cade. Mm-hmm. And the Cade used to be like known for like techno raves and crazy period of time. It got raided back in the day, old time, and got sent over by these other people, right? These other people asked us out of Zocon to come and help them, you know, the, to to do this, you know, space, something that they space. We get there and it was like the worst experience that we we probably ever had with mm. connecting with somebody on on space. It was, <laughs> the dude was like very racist, mm. very threatening to what we want. So we ended up having to pack up. And say, we don't want to use your space at all. Then the beautiful Shiva and Matt took the space over and community and the community pushed those people out. Wow. Mm. And Shiva hit up Adazokan to to do transformative justice. And mm. we've been building with them effectively for for years now, like the stuff that been going on at this space, is it's like I say, this it's a healing space, y'all. Like it's really mm. a space to get together and like work it out and like you know have entertainment and community mm-hmm. all in one one space. It's it's really that space. Mm. Spread art fifty one forty one Rosa Parks. It's all Rosa Parks. So come through. So that's going to be on the 14th. That's the monkey bars. The woman's version of monkey bars, all hey, women hey. for Valentine's Day. That's going to be really incredible. It's like an awesome lineup of women. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to get this project that's coming out jointly from the both of you guys. And that's going to be, that project though is going to be available where? Together or on, on the We'll See. On the We'll See. On the We'll See, we'll see. Yeah. Um, band camp. So Look that's where we get that. Living Altar. Living Altar. That's a dope name. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so Brittany is just really excited about this music and these collaborations. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. And then uh, for me, I'm just happy that you guys got a chance to stop by because we always talk about you guys, your work. Oh. We always talk about monkey bars. We always talk about, you know, all this stuff. So it's great to have you here, you know, to I like think. to share with us and for Brittany to meet you. She knows you, you're real. And they were like, I'm like, y'all don't understand how cool y'all are. They yeah. At me. She knows you're real now. <laughs> you know, in the real world. Y'all is doing it, yo. This this uh, podcast is so dope. The lineup of guests, the topics y'all are doing it. So it's a 
honor to be a part of it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Brittany here, she's getting us together. Uh, We had like a, a, a production meeting and we had to make some decisions around when we want to have guests. We want to like not have guests sometimes too so that we can just like do our little banter and then we want to have <laughs> guests and then we want to bring people back because things happen. People evolve, hint, hint, hint. you know, and bring folks back. So um, you can catch this podcast on Detroit is different. And actually, you know what, Brittany, now people can just go to the website and it's just Detroit is different.com and they yep. can listen. It is available though on all your podcast platform so tell your friends they can go on every single thing whether it's apple podcast stitcher google play spotify and you know subscribe you definitely want to subscribe you definitely want to share and let people know and you know let us know what you think about our guests what you've heard and let us know who is out there listening in our listening community we are really excited that we have at least 2500 loyal listeners globally who really care about what's going on in Detroit. And you can share the social media as well. Um, Detroit is different on all social media. And if you want to talk to me, you can hit me up on Piper Carter. And that is all your social media platforms. So we'll see you next time. See you next week. Peace. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning in to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network Weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never-before-told stories from the people of Detroit.